We all know that Deion Sanders is a smooth talker. He's a big talker. He's put a lot of confidence into his new look Colorado roster. But has he created too much pressure for his team and himself in year one? I'm going to talk about that and more on today's episode of Locked on Buffs. You are Locked on Buffs, your daily podcast on the Colorado Buffaloes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? This is Locked on Buffs. I'm your host, Kevin Borger. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about the pressure level that Coach Prime has kind of created or brought upon himself, brought upon himself, excuse me. Um, we're going to be talking about the all-pack 12 transfers that Colorado has. Athlon put out a list, and as you can imagine, the Buffs had quite a few transfers that made the list. And I'm going to talk about how Colorado, Shadur Sanders, Travis Hunter, whoever, how they could silence the doubters in 2023. Um, it's not complicated, but it's not simple. And I'm going to talk about that on today's episode of Locked on Bus, which you can find every single day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast or your team every single day. That's what I do. Um, so without further ado, let's talk about the pressure. Um, I think I think the pressure's high. Um, and then I, this is just me thinking out loud. And then, of course, I first thing I see when I open, when I look up Colorado, is the pressure cooker rankings or pressure check rankings um from on three is jesse simonton simonton don't know how to say his last name doesn't matter um, unless i meet him uh simonton i'll call i'll call him he ranked all the coaches in the pac-12 based off pressure um i thought it was very interesting because there's a lot of coaches in the pac-12 who like lincoln riley um he's not going to get fired at usc don't think he'll i don't think he'll ever get fired like if as long as he keeps winning games and competing, I don't think he'll ever get fired. But he has pressure to take that next step. He's led he led Oklahoma to the playoff multiple times, didn't win a single game, didn't even come close really. Um, they had one actually I take that back. They had one close call um, against Georgia the first time when back when Tua threw the game winning touchdown and replacing Jalen Hurts in the Natty. Um, Oklahoma basically had that Georgia game. I don't say in the bag, but they had a very, they were in very good position to win the game. And they did a few things that were questionable. Um, you have guys like Kyle Winningham who trying to three P as PAC 12 champions. Um, I would say there's some pressure there and um, there's pressure. Chip Kelly. Can he do it without DTR? Um, was that just a fluke or was that a sign of things to come? But in this ranking, the thing that I found the most interesting, and obviously this is why I'm talking about it, and I think it's something that I agree with too. I wrote about the five people that are facing the most pressure in the Pac-12 as well, and Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, was there. Um, but he had him as the highest pressure. Him and Justin Wilcox were tied for facing the most pressure um, in the Pac-12, which Justin Wilcox makes sense. Um, you never want to talk about someone losing their job, um, but that's kind of part of the business these days. And that's something I've learned in covering uh, college football and stuff and just sports in general. Um, it's kind of the awkward part because you're, I was, for example, this past year was my first year covering Stanford and it's the year that David Shaw, um, I don't know if he would have been fired, but he stepped down. I think that was a mutual decision between both parties. I think there was like a, an urging by the program to be like, we think this is a good time. Sorry about that, my microphone. But you could kind of tell when someone, you could just tell when it's not working out. 
Um, you could tell when there's um, maybe a little program like the the energy around the program doesn't feel the same. You could tell that um, the fans don't feel the same. The coach himself, I don't think David Shaw felt the same. And so I think that when people are on the hot seat, it's obvious. And Justin Wilcox, who had a, a good year a couple of years ago, hasn't been able to recreate that success. Um, I talked about him. I interviewed him for Athlon. He knows the pressure's on. Um, he's well aware. And he said himself that if the pre- if you're someone who doesn't want people talking about you, then you're in the wrong profession. Um, so I, I like that perspective. Um, but Coach Prime, being having basically being tied for first for the most pressure in the Pac-12, um, I think I think it's right, but it's wrong. Uh, is is Coach Prime under a lot of pressure in year one? Absolutely. Um, is that pressure self-inflicted? Also, yes. Um, I think had he, and I, I don't blame him for flipping the roster. This is just, hear me out here. Had he kept the 1-11 roster, brought in, say, 20 transfers, I think people would have been like, okay, we'll see how good it gets. Um, obviously, the roster, 1-11 last year, not that good. Um, he's working with what he's got. I think the pressure would be lower, but he came in right away. He said, I'm bringing my own luggage. It's Louie. I need you guys to get out, which I totally agree with that decision. I think um, the, and this happens in every, every new coach in college football. Um, The very first, this is like the built-in excuse for like a year and a half, maybe even two years is they don't have their guys yet. Um, I saw it at Texas with Steve Sarkeesian. He came in with, uh, I believe, yeah, Casey Thompson and, Josh Moore and guys like that. And he was like, and the whole narrative when Texas was bad, his first year was he doesn't have his guys yet. Wait till he gets his recruits and then it'll be different. Um, That's the built in excuse. And I think, I mean, it's a good excuse. I mean, it's not wrong. Um, But I think coach prime kind of took that excuse away from himself by bringing in guys that he picked um, via the portal. Nonetheless, it's still, he still picked them. Um, And I think that by doing that, by picking those guys, um, he, eliminates that built-in excuse from not that he needs an excuse but he people aren't going to be level they're not going to be level-headed when it comes to watching him they're going to instantly criticize as soon as colorado loses a game there's going to be nothing but criticism and so i think that he did bring the pressure on himself a little bit um even and i think the cool thing about him having well-off media surrounding him constantly obviously it's a son so um why wouldn't he have his son with him? But I think the cool thing is the fact that we get those behind the scenes moments, but then when we see moments where he's telling his team, we brought, we came in to dominate right away. Um, I think he's kind of helped people create these expectations and whether the expectations are fair, I don't think they are. Um, realistically, I don't think you should expect anything from a first year coach. Not, not that first year coaches can't succeed. We saw with Sonny Dykes at TCU. Um, but if your expect if your expectations are that they're going to succeed right away, I think your expectations are a little unfair. Um, I think your expectations should be that Colorado is going to be improved. I think that's fair. Um, they're going to be improved, and anything beyond that, that's a plus. Take that as a plus. Um, I think a lot of people are just too zeroed in on it. it has to be a, a boom or bust, and I I feel like we're already categorizing Colorado as a boom or bust team, and they're not. Um, we don't know what they're going to be. The Pac-12, they play the most difficult schedule in the Pac-12. The Pac-12 is at the strongest it's been. And we have no clue if any of these transfers are going to click. Or if they do, we don't. We know some of them are going to click, but we don't know how many. He brought in 51. And I told you guys that they need at least 30 of them to be 
above average to high level starters um, or players. Obviously, you can only have 22 starters, but they need at least 30 of them to be that good. And that's a lot of pressure. And obviously, I I don't want to put pressure on this program. I don't think there should be pressure on them. Um, I think the pressure is unfair. I think the pressure is unrealistic. I think if there was pressure, I think it should be that they're going to improve. That's what I would make my, if I had to make a statement that Colorado is going to do what in 2023, I'd be like, Colorado is going to greatly improve in 2023. But for people putting pressure on the program, it's like, you're doing, you're doing it unnecessarily. Like just because coach prime is confident in his program, why wouldn't he be? He's not going to come in right away and be like, you know what? We struggled last year. Um, so we're going to try our best. Obviously he has to have confidence, but the national heads being like Colorado, they're, they put a target on their back and which I'm sure they kind of did, but I think there's going to be a target on their back regardless of the transfers or not, because it's, it's Deion Sanders. It's coach prime. Everybody wants to beat him, but people acting like this is like a, this isn't Alabama or this isn't Clemson right now where it's like they haven't, they, they struggled last year. They didn't win. So the pressure's on for them to return. Colorado's accomplished nothing. There is no pressure. The only expectations is that they're better if you told me heading into year two that there's pressure for them to compete with another top 25 recruiting class under his belt some more quality transfers i could agree with that but pressure in year one i i feel like that's unfair i did he put the pressure on himself to answer that the episode title yes but is that pressure fair um is that level of pressure fair that other people are putting on him no not at all um but that's just how college football works at the end of the day. And Coach Prime, is, he doesn't shy away from it. And that's the cool thing. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Um, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Um, take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount and bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 back in bonus bets, win or lose. So that's $200 you could spend betting everything from money line to over under uh, to who you think is going to hit the first home run on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Okay. So I talked about the pressure on Colorado. Is it fair? No. Did Coach Prime kind of bring it on himself? In a way, yes. But it's just him being confident in himself and in his program. And I think if you ask like Matt Rule, for example, at Nebraska, if you ask him if he's confident, was he going to say no? Like no coach is going to say no. I think that there's just an extra cachet to Coach Prime where people want to add more pressure than what there could be or should be. Um, let's dive into Athlon's um, all-transfer team. As we all know, Colorado brought in 51 transfers or over 50 transfers. I think the number is 51. Um, my good coworker of mine, Steve Lasson, or Lassen, um, put together the Pac-12 all-transfer portal team for 2023 
And as you can imagine, there's a lot of buffs, like I said. Uh, quarterback, first one, Shadur Sanders. Um, he was picked over DJ Uyunglele at Clemson, Drew Pine at Arizona State, um, Jacob Conover from BYU, Sam Jackson at Cal. Um, the Jacob Conover went to Arizona State as well. Sam Jackson at Cal from TCU. Um, a lot of good options, um, but Shadur stands out. Um, he said that if Colorado is going to go bowling under Deion Sanders, um, it will have to lean heavily on offense while the defense finds its footing. With that in mind, Sanders is likely the most valuable to his team in 2023 compared to DJ because obviously Oregon State won 10 games with average quarterbacks, below average quarterbacks. And so um, I would consider DJ an above average quarterback, so pressure's not really on him. Um, that He just has to not be terrible. Um, and even then, that might be a stretch compared to last season. Those quarterbacks for Oregon State were not great. Um, Shadur, I've talked about him before and I've talked about it again. I think he's kind of... I think this is like an interesting debate and it's not to bring him or Travis down. I think Travis is the face of the program. If I had to pick a player, but Shadur is like the heart of the program. So if Shadur's going, I feel like the rest of the team's going. Um, if Shadur struggles, the rest of the team's going to struggle. Obviously that's not a hot take to say your quarterback. If he's not doing well, your team's not doing well, but we've seen teams with below average quarterbacks like Oregon state do well, but we don't, there's so many unknowns about the defense. If the offense could take the pressure off the defense, it's going to make life so much easier for everybody involved in Colorado. Um, and I think the only person who's like the catalyst to do that is Shadur Sanders. Um, he could show off his arm strength, his accuracy. He could kind of move in the pocket when needed. And so a lot of, a lot of potential there. And I think realistically, if Shadur is going, this program's going. And that's that's what you guys want to see. That's what Colorado wants to see. Um, running backs. They, we got a running back. Um, Altima Caskill, uh, Houston transfer. Towards ACL last season, but year prior, ran for nearly 1,000 yards, um, 16 touchdowns, t- caught 21 passes, was the American freshman of the year. Also, um, they kind of gave us the the two-headed monster. They also brought up Kavosi Smoke from Kentucky. Um, I think, realistically, I think that could be the best one-two punch in the Pac-12. I I don't know. I don't know why my microphone always likes to play these games. I was saying, I know Oregon State always has really good running backs. Um, Oregon has some solid running backs. Cal, um, I don't think Cal kind of gets the the recognition recognition they deserve. Um, but Aiden uh is probably the best running back in the Pac-12. And then they went on and added uh, Byron Cardwell from Oregon, but. I think Colorado has a close, a close second or maybe third backfield. And I think Alza McCaskill is the difference maker they needed. I think Kavosi Smoke has a lot of potential. I think he'll do great. But having two starting caliber running backs is going to be huge um, for Colorado. All purpose, Travis Hunter, uh, Jackson State, Jackson State transfer, Colorado, wide receiver, Sask Corner. Um, Everybody thinks. The consensus on three ranked him as a top 30 player in the country. Um, I think he's he's consistently made preseason all wide receiver, preseason all defensive back. Everybody is expecting Travis to be the star. That's why I said he's the face of the team. Um, and he has a lot to prove in, in the sense that I think people want to see him live up to those expectations. Um, and I think he will. Um, he showed us during the spring game, very capable receiver. Um, he'll have a chance to shut down some of the best receivers in the country. It'll be interesting. It will be interesting for sure. For sure. Uh, 
Sorry. Um, oh, wide receivers. We got Jimmy Horn from Colorado, uh, from the USF transfer. Um, realistically, I think he has a chance to solidify himself as the best receiver on the team. Um, I think Xavier Worthy, or not Worthy, excuse me, Texas receiver, Xavier Weaver. Um, I think Xavier Weaver has a chance to really uh, shine again at Colorado, especially with better quarterback play. But so does Jimmy Horn, um, especially since the, he's been in the system. He was the first to earn his number. He was the f- kind of a team leader. He's established himself as a team leader. In spring, he was standing out. Um, so he has a lot to prove there. And I think Xavier Weaver, or excuse me, I keep saying, or Xavier Weaver is going to be really good. I, I really do think he is. I think Jimmy Horn just has that Swiss Army knife type of vibe to him. He's much better than a Swiss Army knife type of player. But think of like Debo Samuel. I think that if Colorado used him like that, he'd be unstoppable. Um, tight ends, we didn't have one. Um, obviously, I think if say Traore was on the team, so they'd get one. But none there. Um, Jake Wiley, uh, former Colorado buff, made the offensive line. Um, they got... Save on Wash or Tyler Brown and then Savion Washington, both at Colorado, um, both offense linemen that made it. Um, especially Savion, he knows the, he knows the system. Um, he knows the Sean Lewis system. There's no reason that he shouldn't be a starter. He's got the size, he's got the, the knowledge of the system. So that should help Tyler Brown. Same thing, size, familiarity with Shadur. Um, so the Colorado's, Colorado's offensive line is like the most important unit on the field because we don't know anything about them. We didn't, haven't heard much, many positives about them um, this offseason, so it'll be tough. Uh, defense line only got one. Uh, Derek McClendon, the second from, from Florida State, excuse me. Obviously, they're all from Colorado that I'm bringing up. Um, he joins Jordan Birch, the South Carolina transfer at Oregon, Bear Alexander, the Georgia transfer from USC. Um, I think Jordan Dominic was kind of snubbed, but he is in the – um, he is in the honorable mention or others to watch for that position. Um, Derek McLennan and Jordan Dominic are going to be quite the duo on the edge. Um, I'm very excited to see what they can accomplish. Um, hopefully for the sake of the Colorado defense, they're able to get to the quarterback because as I've talked to multiple PAC 12 coaches, the only way to, to slow down these quarterbacks is to bring them to the ground. Um, cause you don't want them running around cause then they'll just throw it downfield to someone who's been, running around wide open uh linebackers you got both of them levante bentley and the clemson transfer and demore kennedy from alabama um very high expectations for both of them um i talked about levante bentley has a chance to be a leader and i talked about demore kennedy has a chance to explode after being kind of a reserve not really knowing what he was type of guy at alabama um defensive backs uh we got let's see so since travis hunter was selected as all purpose he doesn't count as defensive back but he should be on here. Um, none, none from Colorado from the defense backs, even though that's probably their strongest unit. Um, but either way, there's a lot of people to look out for. Um, Colorado's got a lot of talent in the, from the transfer portal, and I think that they're going to have a lot of all Pac-12 guys if everything goes right. If Colorado has a few first-team all Pac-12 guys, a few second-team, that probably means they won some games or they're going bowling. That'd be my guess. Um, but there's a lot to be excited about if you're a bus fan. I'm just keep tagging along with the with me um we got a lot a lot of great things coming up um like next friday i have pac-12 analyst and former usc quarterback max brown coming on the show he's going to talk about the the difficulties of being a quarterback and the challenges that Shadur is likely facing um so that you won't want to miss that um but when we come back i'm going to be talking about how to silence the doubters if you're colorado when we come back from the break Welcome back. 
we're talking about how to silence the doubters. Now, this really applies to anybody at Colorado. Um, there's going to be doubters. I've talked about it earlier in the episode. Coach Prime kind of brought the pressure, and now it's up to the players to live up to these expectations. That I'm sure they have bigger expectations for themselves than we do for them. But there's still going to be public pressure. There's still going to be public expectations. And how to silence these doubters? Um, one, the easiest way is to win. Um, I think this isn't really, I'm not, this isn't profound. This isn't an innovative winning games shuts people up. There's no secret there. Um, I think if Colorado beats TCU, they beat Nebraska. Um, they're competitive against USC and Oregon. People are going to be like, Oh, this is a good team. We were sadly mistaken. Um, the other way to silence the doubters is Colorado can't fall apart. They have to stay connected, be competitive. And most importantly, they have to improve. Um, I think a lot of people who are unrealistic and are going to clown in Colorado for, for say they win seven games and people are going to be like, oh, they said they were going to win it all. Yeah, those are the people that we're not trying to silence um, because those people are off in la-la land. You don't know don't know what to tell you about those people. Um, some people are just in their own world. Um, but if you have a chance to win seven games, um, and show improvement and show that the program is headed in the right direction. That's how you silence the doubters. Because I think people like that call, that one anonymous coach, they think this is going to be a failed mission. They think everything about Coach Prime at Colorado is going to fail. And I think just showing improvement is the best way to silence the doubters. Obviously, winning is a great way to silence the doubters, but you have to show improvement. You have to show the strong culture build. And you have to show that this isn't just a uh, I don't know, a publicity stunt, if you will. Obviously, I don't think that's what it is, but some people are taking it as that. So you have to show it's not that. And so a lot of pressure is on. Um, I think Coach Prime and all of his bunch of the people to do it. But when they show improvement, that's how you silence the doubters. And I think the doubters, there's going to be a lot of them. There's probably going to be more doubters than fans, but that's just how the way of the social media world works. Um, so there's not really a way to ever please anybody. But there's a way to silence some doubters and you just got to win, show some improvement, keep that culture strong. And I'm confident that Colorado can do that. Uh, I want to thank you guys for tuning in to Locked on Buffs today. I want to make sure you guys follow, like, subscribe, uh, make sure you guys are following along so that way you get all these great episodes with great guests and other stuff coming up. So won't want to miss that. Um, I will see you guys tomorrow. Have a great Thursday. Wish me luck. We got a doubleheader in softball.